Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. Awesome morning church. It's so awesome to have more faces in this house. So welcome, especially if you're visiting. Uh, Massive welcome to you as well. Hey, I'd love to just pray and uh, commit this time um, to God. So Lord, I just thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, Father, that it's alive, Lord. Father God, I just pray, Lord, that you be over every single section, Jesus, of this word, Father. Thank you for your help, Lord. Um, Father, we just pray, Lord, that you come, Holy Spirit, and speak to our hearts. Speak to our hearts, Father. And Jesus, we commit this word um, to you, Lord. Breathe on it. Use it, Lord, to speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, we have been in a series called Pray. It's been a four-week series. Today is our last uh, day of it. And uh, yeah, it has been a four-week one, four one. Pastor Dan has brought week one and two, and Deb Peacock brought week three. Um, so if you are new today, or you've been away, or you just haven't heard um, those messages, I really want to encourage you um, to go back on Spotify and to catch up on them, because they have all been crackers. They, they've They've all been amazing and they've really helped me um, with, with praying. So I just want to encourage you, if you haven't heard those first three, please go back on Spotify and uh, have a listen. But today I want to start off with a story. We all like stories. Who likes hearing stories? I got lots of them. So I just had to like look through my list and go, which story today well, shall I tell? Um, so the first one, oh, not the first one, um, but this story uh, starts at Bly Bly Water Park. Who has been up to Bly Bly Water Park? Yeah? All right. If you've got kids, you might be up to Bly Bly Water Park. Um, but if you're sitting there and you've never heard of Bly Bly Water Park, I'll just fill you in. It's a, it's a park up the sunny coast and it's got two lakes. And one lake's got the wakeboarding and the other lake's got the um, water slides. And so that day we booked in our session, just like how you guys booked in um, for this. We booked in up at Bly Bly Water Park and we went up there with the family, but we were running late to our session. And so when we arrived, uh, what they do is this little brief that's on the beach. We were heading to the water slide section and they do this little brief on the beach um, and it's with all the safety instructions. And one of the most important sentences in the safety instruction uh, that morning that everyone must hear is, please remove all jewellery before coming into the lake. Now, you would think that at my age, um, I can't say that this was, you know, 35 years ago and I was only five, but um, (laughs) at my age, you would think that by now I would know um, to remove all my jewellery before going in. But I was running late and I heard the buzzer and all the crowd just went into the water and off we ran into the water, um, not removing any of my jewellery. So Mark and I were having a great time. We were slipping down all the water slides and usually we sit on the bank and let the kids do that. But for that day, we thought, heck, like, let's buy two tickets and let's have some fun with them. So we, you know, we're feeling like we're 13 again and we were going down the water slides and just having a great old time. It was like amazing. And then this is when it happened. I was coming down this big water slide 
And right at the end, my finger just catches the bottom of something on that water slide. And I've got three wedding bands, but two out of my three wedding bands slip off into the lake, right in front of my eyes, like plop. That's what I heard. Plop. It wasn't a good plop. So, and I just stood there just in shock and I, I turned to Mark and Mark's like, what's wrong? And, and I was like, my wedding bands have just dropped into the lake. And I'm just going to leave the story right there and I'm going to come back to that story. Oh, I know. I'm going to leave you hanging. I'm going to leave you hanging. But I'm going to come back and tell you the rest of how that day turned out. I know, I know. It's like TV commercial, you know? Don't you hate those? Like, come on. All right. We're going to head over, um, you know, Jesus has a lot to say about losing things and about the lost. And I want to take us to Luke 15 today because Luke 15, that whole chapter, some people have renamed Luke 15 as the lost and found department. Um, Losing things and finding things. And so we're going to turn to Luke 15. and, And Luke 15, all of the chapter is basically three parables or three stories about losing things and finding things. And that's what makes up all of Luke 15. And the first story Jesus tells is of the lost sheep. His words were, Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? The next story after that one, says, suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Does she not light a lamp and sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it? You know, Jesus told these stories, these parables, one after the other. And, you know, if Jesus is telling these stories to the people that were listening, you know, he he obviously cares about the lost, and if he, if he cares about the lost, you know, he surely would be praying for the lost, and if Jesus himself is praying for the lost, then we ought to be praying for the lost, because this is the Father's heart for people. This is the Father's heart for people. He loves them dearly, and if you're in the room today, or you're listening online and you've never encountered that Father's love for you, let me tell you, He loves you. He loves you right now before you decide to love Him back. And even when you reject His love or you roll, or you roll your eyes at it or you harden your heart to it, He will continue to love you and pursue you and to seek you out. That's the Father's heart for us. You know, he never gives up chasing what is lost. And Jesus didn't just come and, you know, tell these pretty little stories to the people that were listening. You know, God had a plan all along. And Jesus, you know, he wasn't just the storyteller. Jesus was the answer. He himself was the answer. Luke 19, 10, for the Son of Man came to seek 
and to save what was lost. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. We're in a battle for the lost. It is a battle. For the lost to be found and the son or daughter to return home, you know, it's not as easy as persuading someone's mind or intellect. There is something more going on. And this is what the Bible says, 2 Corinthians 4.4, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. And there is a spiritual battle going on over the hearts and the minds of anyone who hears the gospel. And until a sinner sees his true condition, he, will, he or she will have no reason to call out to Christ to be saved. You know, we actually need a mighty miracle. It is a miracle. Salvation is a miracle. We need a miracle of God's dynamic working of the Holy Spirit. And only then will people be saved. It is his work and only his. Because our God wants all people to be saved. 1 Timothy 2.4 says, you know, this is good and pleases God our Saviour who wants all people. Who does he want? All people. All people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. You know, Jesus himself was, was before his Father praying for you before he went to the cross. John 17 is an epic prayer. And part of John 17 verse 20 says, My prayer is not for them alone. He was talking about his disciples. You know, he's praying for his disciples and then he moves on. My prayer is not for just the disciples. I pray also, listen to his prayer. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Hmm. Prayer is the key. Prayer is the key for the lost to be found. Prayer is the key for the lost to be found. You know, the, the lost might reject our message. They might mock us. They might laugh at us. They might roll their eyes. They might walk away, try to silence our voice. But they are helpless against our prayers. Ha! Huh. Ex I've experienced this just this week. Just this week, people walking away. <laughs> I believe God is raising up prayer warriors who will pray with authority and wisdom and insight to sense a burden on our hearts for what breaks the Father's heart and to pray out of that. And if you're a believer in this room, that means that at one point of your life, as young or as old as you were, you were once lost. I hope that's not new to us as believers today. You were once lost and someone prayed for you. 
someone prayed for you. You know, let's just sit in that thought for a moment. Someone prayed for you. If you ever needed a reason to pray for the lost or for prodigals, there it is. Someone prayed for you when you were lost or when you had wandered off. I came to faith uh, when I was 30 years old. So I, I was in that lost category. And after surrendering, surrendering my life at Sandgate Beach uh, with me and a Bible and some birds watching me, uh, back then I thought they were actually my angels around me. Um, but now when I was writing this sermon and looking back, I'm thinking maybe they were just there waiting for food. <laughs> <laughs> but right then it was comforting because no one was with me and all these birds were around me and um, they just you know, felt like my ministering angels. But I'm like, maybe they were just waiting for a hot chip. But anyway. <laughs> you know, after that moment, I walked into a pastor's office. And um, I remember sitting in his office. And I said, I've hit rock bottom. You know, I'm there. I'm there. You, you might have been there. Um, And I remember asking asking him this question. I've hit rock bottom and I'm there. But so many other people hit rock bottom before. It happens to them. And they don't find God. Why have I hit rock bottom and why did I find God? That was just something that I was wanting answered. And I remember his answer to me. And he said, I believe it's because someone has been praying for you. And when he said that to me, I remember looking out the window with my mind blown that people had been praying for me. Like it was an answer to their prayers. You know, Christianity was also new to me. And during the same week, I went into a school to teach And I ran into this elderly teacher um, who I hadn't seen for a while. I knew he was a Christian because I remember having some very awkward chats with him in the schoolyard. And I hunted him down that day. And And I wanted to tell him that I came to faith. And I remember his answer well. He looked at me and he said, well, praise God. I can tell my wife we can rub you off our prayer list. keep me on it. Keep me on it. I want to actually tell, I want to ring him and tell me, hey, can you just keep me on it consistently, please? Like, don't rub me off it. I always need your prayers. But again, after he said to me, I'll tell my wife to rub you off my prayer list. I remember walking away thinking, wow, I was written on a list. Like, but, but this was also new to me. You, you may have been a Christian. You may have been around Christian all your life. But I want you to hear, but for the lost, this is, this is new. It's not in their mind. It's not in their thinking. It's not in their thinking. And I say that out of a place.
think we can underestimate the power of our prayer list. But I'm telling you, if people weren't praying for me, I wouldn't be standing here. And it can change not only them, but their whole family unit and then the generations to come after it. So if you're getting bored of your prayer list, I want to encourage you to keep on praying because lives can be changed. My life being one of them. Oh, I wasn't thinking I was going to cry in that part. Sorry. (laughs) The third story uh, in Luke 15 is of the lost son. And we read about this story in the Bible about a son returning home. And I love what the father says once he does. Verse 22. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put a ring on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. And he was lost and he is found. So they began to celebrate. And in this section, I would love to invite my husband up to share uh, his story. Uh, He was behind the sound desk. He is still behind the sound desk. And I'd love to um, just let him come up and just share his story. So can we just encourage him as he comes up? I just want to, um, I want to honour this man too. He, he's a, I wouldn't be able to do my role without his support and he's an awesome father and hubby and friend to many and um, amazing creative. He serves in our creative team and a mentor, creative collective and, you know, while, while I'm sitting on the couch on a Sunday afternoon, he's working in the studio getting those podcasts up ready to, um, yeah, to get out for others to listen. So I just want to honour you and I love you and, yeah, I'll just hand it over to um, Mark, yeah. Hi everyone, um, my name's Mark, a lot of you know me as Haddo. Um, I grew up in a, a loving Christian home and I even remember asking Jesus into my heart uh, when I was about eight years old. Uh, during my childhood I remember prayer being mostly grace around the dinner table and said at Sunday school and, uh, and church. Um, and I also recall my mum being a, a faithful prayer and it was very important to her. Even though I had a great loving home, I was fiercely independent and wanted to do everything in my own strength. So when I was 16 years old, I left home and turned my back on both my, on both my family and God. So for the next 20 years, I tried to do things in my own strength and at different times experienced different ups and downs. Um, I was addicted to alcohol, addicted to drugs, friends with drug dealers, I had failed relationships with girlfriends, got into a lot of debt and I struggled with what the family unit looked like with them being Christian and me not walking with God. Um, After meeting Tam, when I moved to Brisbane in my early 20s, things started to get better. Um, I got out of debt, I gave up drugs and we got happily married in the year 2000. 
But when my mum got sick and passed away from cancer, a few years later, I started drinking heavily again. And uh, it started another downward spiral that ended up with Tam having a, um, a breakdown and her finding God and becoming a Christian. That same day that she told me about giving her life to God, I knew I had to do it as well. It was like a veil was lifted from my eyes and I could finally see. And the first thing I did was pray and ask God to forgive me. And I truly felt like the prodigal son from Luke 15, that he was there waiting for me with open eyes. Um, From then, Tam and I started a new journey with Christ at the centre. With Christ at the centre of our marriage, I became a much better husband and father and family member and quickly realised the power of prayer. After still struggling with alcohol addiction, I received um, prayer from family, from Tam and from friends, and um, I, I uh, remember asking for prayer at a healing service, and that was nine years ago, and I haven't touched a drop of alcohol since. I also looked back on my life and could see the prayer covering from family and friends and especially my faithful mum who even wrote a prayer for us when she knew she was going to pass away. At that time, we received it. We didn't understand why she didn't write a letter to us or why it was a prayer, but now we know why and I'd love to try and read it to you. Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you, Lord. To pray for my beloved Mark and Tamara. How thankful I am, Father, to see Mark grow through some pretty difficult times to the fine young man he is today. To see him happily married to Tamara has been a great gift. I pray for their marriage, Lord. that it will always be a thing of beauty and that they will share with and care for each other all the days of their lives. Although I will not physically meet their children, I pray a blessing on them that the little ones will grow to know and love you, Lord, as their grandma does. And she's saying this prayer without them even being, being, being born. Bless their home, Lord, that it will always be a place of love and safety. And bless Mark and Tam. May they know for themselves the joy, peace and faith that I've experienced in knowing and loving you. I pray these things in Jesus' name, who is my Lord and Saviour. Amen. Thanks. Love you, babe.
don't know how I can speak after that, but I'm going to, because I want to take us back to that story where we put pause on it. And um, those rings dropped. And just like that coin, you know, it was lost. And except the floor that it landed on wasn't exactly the easiest floor to find it on. I couldn't light a lamp or I I couldn't sweep the house as that woman did in in Luke 15. But what the manager did have was a metal metal detector and scuba diving gear. (laughs) Praise the Lord. And as we drove home after drawing a picture of the ring, you know, it wasn't a good car trip home. (laughs) There was lots of tears. Holy Spirit impressed ever so gently and softly on my heart. Stop crying, Tam, and start claiming that ring. And that one sentence from Holy Spirit shifted my heart into a new prayer assignment. So we prayed for it back. We prayed for it back and I claimed that that was mine and I will have it back in the name of Jesus. And within a week, we received a phone call. The main ring, the most expensive ring and the one that meant the most to us had been found. (laughs) We were celebrating that night just like when the coin and ship and sheep and son had been found. And within another few weeks, I was able to receive some of my late mother's rings that fitted perfectly around my others and it even had diamonds in it. Something that my other band that's still on the Bly Bly Waterpark floor (laughs) did not have. It was an upgrade. God had another one sitting somewhere that was much better. We need to pray, church. And I want to help you today with praying for some specifics or for some insight for praying for the lost. Just like that prayer that was written in Annette's letter. We need to pray that their veil will be lifted from their eyes. This is praying for the lost. We need to pray that their veil will be lifted from their eyes. We need to pray that they become that they become tired of the darkness around them and serving it. We need to pray for their spiritual eyes to be opened. We need to pray that God removes any false sense of security they may be relying on. We need to pray for their ears to start tuning into the things of God. We need to pray they have safe and godly people around them to reach out to. We need to pray for protection from the evil one. We need to pray that others come around them and proclaim freedom for them. We need to pray workers will be raised up and sent out to the harvest that is ready. You know, I had a conversation with someone just last week and I know he's an evangelist and I know he was a street evangelist. And I asked him, I said, you know, what's your little rule of thumb? Do you wake up in the morning and want to share the gospel like with one person a day? This is what I was saying to him. You know what his answer back to Mark and I was? Um, Yeah, it it, it used to be 10, 10 per day. We need to pray for a conviction of sin in their lives, for them to see a need for a saviour. 
We need to pray for dreams and visions, even in their sleep, for Jesus to show up in their dreams. We need to pray for encounters that will change their eternity. And in this next song, there are two ways to respond. You can come to the front uh, to receive a sticky dot during this next song. I've got some over here and I've got some over here. And by taking it, by taking one, you might like to take a couple. By taking it, you're committing to being faithful in praying for them for however long it takes. It was, not, it was nine years that I came to faith after my mother-in-law wrote that prayer. So it wasn't just the next day. It's, I want you to take a sticky dot because I want you to go home and stick it somewhere that you can see daily as a reminder to pray for them, for the lost, for someone who's on your heart right now. It might be in your car, on the bathroom mirror, on the fridge, but put it somewhere where you can see it daily. And wherever you see, whenever you see that dot, you're saying, I'm committed to lift that person and lift that name up in prayer every time I see that dot. And if you're here today and you would like to respond to the Father's heart and His love and come and receive forgiveness of sins and to enter a relationship with your Heavenly Father or, or even if it look, might look like a recommitment, um, I would love you to come down the front and just stand down the front here and we would love to pray for you. And you can come maybe with someone who brought you but you can cross over from darkness to light and begin a relationship with Jesus. So as we worship in this song, I just encourage you to, to respond in that way. Thanks, church. Thanks so much for listening to Hope Community Podcasts. We hope you enjoyed today's message and remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.